This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Brian Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. Who was at the overnighter? Anybody in this room? I'm guessing that anybody that was at the overnighter is probably passed out somewhere in a corner, just trying to stay warm and maybe get a little bit of sleep. But we want to thank those people that, that came and helped. And uh, uh, I'm so thankful and grateful for our children's department because they're, they're doing children's ministry. They're, they're, they're sowing and they're planting a, a foundation in young people's lives that's going to go forth and it's going gonna, it's gonna to create a great foundation in their life so that when they get to be older, Right? The Word of God says that it will not return void, but it will accomplish in their lives. And so when we minister to these kids and when ministry takes place, and, and if you're in a room or if you're in the NTP, you're sowing seed, you're planting seed, and you're laying a foundation in a young person's life. So no matter if you're taking, taking dirty diapers to the dumpster after it's over with or feeding them fishy crackers, you are offering kids uh, uh, the Word of God, and it will not return void. And, and we have a new addition to our family today, not today, actually it was weeks ago, and that is Jovi Bramer. You guys want to stand up and just show everybody this beautiful little girl. When was she born? November 10th. Yes. Well, we just congratulate. Let's give him one more hand. Listen, anybody that's, uh, you know, having more kids, they need all the encouragement that they can get, right? <laughs> and so short nights and, and uh, so... Yeah, it'll be fun to see them grow up. It's amazing how quick they just grow up. They're like little weeds. And uh, I'm so thankful for our church because, you know, we have overnighters and ministry that takes place and we're just, we're just raising them up, amen? And uh, so even though we have these little ones that are being raised up, we too are continuing to be raised up, amen? We're adults, but yet, yet we never stop growing. We talked about this last week, that it is important that we as believers, we never stop growing. We have to continue, just as Paul said, to continue to grow in our knowledge of him, increasing day after day after day. If you've, if you've pulled over on the side of the road and you've gotten your camping chair out and you've started your fire and you're like, yeah, everything's good, I would encourage you to put the fire out, put the chair back in the car, put the car and gear and get it back on the road, spiritually speaking, because there are more things that God wants to do in your life. And so today, if you have your notes, we'll, uh, we'll get started. How about them chiefs? Woo, yeah. They pulled off the win without the help of the refs. Amen. Woo, yeah. <laughs> I, knew, I, was, I, was, I was so excited about saying that comment because last week, you should have seen the hatred in your eyes for me. I mean, I made a comment. I was just joking. I'm, can't a guy joke? Can't we have fun and laugh? I mean, gee whiz, you guys are really serious about your Chiefs. I mean, they won. Let's just thank God they won. Amen? Yeah, hallelujah. They didn't need any help. It was a great game all the way to the end for those that cared and those that didn't care, right? I mean, we, were at, we, had, a, we had a Super Bowl party. I think it was for all the people that really didn't care. There was only one person that cared, and that was Heather Diamond. And she, she, I came over there, and I was kind of like, you know, uh, just kind of teasing her a little bit. And she's like, you know, I don't, I don't need your negative vibes. Because, I mean, she was a diehard uh, Chiefs fan. I was like, you know, move away. And you can come back if you're supporting them. So... 
It was all good. It was a great party. We had a great time. I mean, there was food galore. Oh, man, if you weren't there, you missed it. But anyway, that is not what we're talking about. We're talking about the Word of God and changing our life. Last week, we talked about pressing for what really matters. You guys, if you weren't here, I'd encourage you to go back and listen to it because we talked about uh, what Paul taught us in Philippians 3, that it says in Philippians 3.14, I press on to reach to the end of the race and receive a heavenly prize right, which God has called us to. And so here's a man who had lived his whole life and came to the end of his life. He's, he's nearing the end of his life, yet he is still pressing for what mattered, and that was knowing Jesus. And so a man that, that can start all these churches and write much of what it is that we read in the Bible today, if he, if he is pressing, then we should be pressing. We should not be laying back and just drawing back and, and, and not pressing for what it is that matters, because God has called you and I to press for what matters, and that is knowing Jesus, because verse 8 says that, that, that everything else is worthless compared to the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus. And so today, uh, just to kind of continue on, because uh, what's kind of cool is, is that Paul made another comment in 2 Corinthians 2.14, and it says, but I thank God who always leads us in victory because of Christ Jesus. Wherever we go, God uses us to make it, it clear what it means to know Christ. It's like a fragrance that fills the air. And so, you know, we were talking last week about uh, this idea of pressing in and knowing Christ. But he goes on to say, listen, because you know Christ, you, you are to be an example. You are to show this. You're, it says here, a fragrance. When I read that, I was thinking about, how many of you guys have a wife that has some of this stuff? It's called, you're the one, Bath and Body Works 24-hour moisturizer body lotion. Anybody, or am I the only one? Okay, so nobody else, it's just me. I bought this for my wife because I thought it smelled good in the store. Now, you know, men, when you go into one of those stores, it's like, it's just one giant smell, right? One giant fragrance. It's like, I don't know if this smells good. And so you buy it and you go and you give it to her. Well, well, this fragrance, I mean to tell you, I, I, could, I could pop the top on this thing and, and, and this fragrance would go everywhere. It would fill the room. And some of us, it would drive us out. Like if you have this in a small car, you really, you really gotta crack a window because you could pass out or drive off the road because it's so strong and it smells so strong. And so uh, it smells good, it really does. But, but that fragrance, right? That fragrance that, that she puts on, it smells good. It, 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 it fills the room, it fills the car. And, and our knowledge of Christ, what it is that we know about God, the life that we live should be a sweet smelling fragrance to the people that are around us. We should, we should you know, it says here that, it, that God is leading us to victory. He, not, not leading us to victory, he's leading us in victory victory. Amen. It's not a place that we get to. No, he sent his son and his son paid the ultimate price and he defeated the enemy and he, and he did all that he needed to do. And so what he does is, is he leads us in victory. And as we press in and we begin to know him and grow in our relationship with, with, with him, our life should be a sweet smelling fragrance of victory, not of defeat, 
Not of, not of down and out, not, not of lack and deficiency. No, man, of victory. And that's what I want to talk to you guys today about is victory in your life. Now, you may be here today and you may not feel victorious at all. You might be feeling like the, that you are on the bottom of the barrel and the barrel's on top of you or, you, you know, you're just down. I mean, we've all been there. We've all been in that place where, where, where we, we are dealt these blows in life and we struggle. And, and sometimes we're in that place where we feel like, I don't feel victorious at all. And I'm here today to tell you that it is okay. That even though Christ leads us in victory, I'm here today to encourage you, you will see firsthand that that victory is designed by your heavenly father. He wants you to walk in it. If you're not in it, you can get back in it. You can get back into this flow of victory in your life today. And, uh, you know, when I think about this, this idea, uh, it, it, it kind of reminds me of uh, the children of Israel in Exodus 14. And you guys remember, you remember that story, but the verse of scripture that is kind of my key text for today is, is found in Exodus 14, 13. It says that Moses answered the people and he said, do not be afraid, stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. Another, if you kind of look up the Strong's definition of that, that word deliverance, it's salvation, but it can also mean victory. You know, and so we need to understand that he's leading us in victory. And if you're not in victory, he can bring you into victory. It reminds me of when I was a young, young school-aged child and uh, we had P.E., and uh, we played this game that was just, it was my favorite game. And for many of the kids that are around me, they were, it was their favorite game too because it was just unanimous, unanimous applause. And uh, it was called pinball. Now, if you're like thinking to yourself, you're not, not pinball, but, but pinball, okay? So what you need to think about is you need to envision uh, a dodgeball. If we were gonna divide this room into half, we'd put uh, balls along the half court line and this side would throw balls at this side, right? So you guys all know what dodgeball is. Well, this would, the twist was is that uh, uh, our PE teacher had these amazing skinny little hard to hit wooden uh, bowling pins. That's, that's the best way I could know to describe it. They're just about the yay tall and he would, he would strategically line these along the front row and then there was one in the back that, that you could protect. And that was pinball. And so the idea was you either eliminated all the other players or you would eliminate these wooden, these wooden uh, pins. And I mean, if you were on the winning team, which most of the time I was on the winning team, I was on the victorious winning team and life was good. It was just so good, yes. Now, if there was that one day where, where you were on the, the, the lower team, the, um, uh, the unfair team, the, the team with not, not all the talent, maybe not the strong throwing arms and things like that. You, you were in for a long day, a lot of hard work. I mean, you know, and, and a lot of times what would happen is, is that you would lose one game. It's like, okay, you know, and you're like, no problem. We got this, we got this. So you get back on the line, reset the game, you know, but what would happen ultimately is, is that you'd go farther and farther behind. Now for a person that is, an, uh, is a very highly competitive person, that hurts. That hurts. I mean, when you're, you're down four games and you're looking at the clock, you know, and then bell's going to ring and you got to go to the next class, you know, you don't want to go and defeat. And so there would be these days where we would get so far behind that, I mean, all hope was lost. But then something would happen. Mr. V, the PE coach, 
would come off of the sideline and announce that he was going to join our team. And, 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 and there'd be just, you, ah, it was like hundreds of kids would just scream and, and just, and, and just, and so he would come and he'd blow his whistle and he would single-handedly just like peg little children, little school children with these, these foam balls one after another and with every single blow, we would, we would inch our way closer and closer to victory. And then what he would do is he'd get it all tied up And then he would return back to the sidelines. And it just brought hope to your heart as a young man. It's like, okay, now we got it. I got five minutes. We got one game. This is for all the marbles. And you're thinking to yourself, Brian, what does that have to do with God, spiritual things, or anything? It has everything to do with it. Because our Heavenly Father is leading us in victory. And when things look down, when, when we, we think we're behind, when the scoreboard is telling us something different, when all hope is lost, God, our Heavenly Father, leads us in victory. And so we have to begin to re- reorient our focus in life and begin to look at Him. And so let's, I want to walk through uh, this story, this chapter of Exodus, because it really, it, it, it lays out some really po- good points. And, and really, there are about five points that I want to make concerning victory in your life. And the first one here is found in Exodus uh, 14. But you, if you guys remember just a little bit of context that, you know, the Egyptians were oppressed, right, by the, uh, I'm sorry, the, the Israelites were oppressed by the Egyptians. And God heard their cries, and so what they did, he did is he raised up Moses, he called him, he said, hey, I want you to go lead these people. I, I've heard their cry, I want to deliver them, I want to save them, I want to take them to a place of victory. And you're the man that needs to lead them. And so, so, so they, we have the 10 plagues, and he, he works on Pharaoh, and they are released, right, from, from the uh, uh, Egypt, and they're heading out towards this, this great place that God has called them to, and so they come to their very first uh, challenge in life, right? They come to the Red Sea, all of them are together, they're standing there, and they're like, they're, they're, they're standing there, and they're like, how do we get across this? And so this is where we pick up the story, and it's in Exodus 14, uh, chapter 14, verse 1. It says, then the Lord gave these instructions to Moses. He says, order the Israelites to turn back and camp at this place that I can't pronounce uh, between this other place. That's not the point. But it says that Pharaoh will think that the Israelites are confused and that they are trapped in the wilderness. And then it, this is the point I want you to get. Verse 4 says that he will chase after you, and I have planned this in order to display my glory through Pharaoh. So number one in your notes, if you're taking notes today, and that is that victory brings glory to God. Victory in your life, victory in this scenario was was intended. God said, I'm going to do this to bring glory. He actually says it in two different places in this chapter, that that he's wanting to bring uh, glory to himself. And so us as believers, we need to be walking in this victory. We need to have this fragrance of victory in our lives so that it will bring uh, glory to God. Because as a believer, we are called to victory. Jesus gave his life so that you and I could walk in victory. He, he defeated the enemy. He, he, he has victory over, over sin, over, over spiritual death, over sickness, disease, poverty, and the curse. Jesus won the victory. And so we have to live in that and we have to walk in that. No one wants to be on a losing team. 
Those days in the PE, in the PE room, man, I mean, like, being on the losing team, it's like, no, I want to be on that team. We, but you couldn't. You couldn't just move yourself over there. But today, I'm here today to tell you that you're on the winning team because of what it is that Jesus did. Now, you may not be, you may not be walking in that. You may not be living your life that way. But I'm here today to tell you that there's just a few adjustments that you can make in your life. And you can, too, walk in victory, in this victory that he has called us to. And so, you know, when we walk in victory, it brings glory to God. But what, you know, the thing that you have to understand is, is that the, the glory to God is the example that you and I set in our lives. When we make this decision, and, and as we looked at last week, and we're pressing in to know, know God more and more, and we see the, the promises, and we're making the decisions each and every day to obey and act upon what it is that he has he, he's given us in his word. When we walk in those things, we begin to make a choice every day that I'm going to walk in victory. I'm going to walk in victory. When, I, when, when, when my wife says something to me that, that I don't like, I'm going to walk in victory. When my husband says something to me that, that, that I don't like, I'm going to choose to respond well. You know, and, 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 and all of the decisions that we make, we're like, you're either choosing victory or you're choosing defeat. And so as a believer, it's like we've, we've been given what we need. We've been given uh, patience. We've been given the fruit of the spirit. We've been given all of these things to walk in so that we can walk in this victory. And so what kind of example are you? Are you an example of victory or are you an example of defeat? And so are you walking in victory or are you walking in defeat? The second one that, the second point that we see here is found in, in uh, uh, the ninth verse. And uh, it says that the Egyptians chased after them, all right? So what Pharaoh did is he changed his mind. And he's like, man, we can't let all these people go. And so he rounds up all of the troops and he's like, we're going to go after him and we're going to capture him and we're going to bring him back and we're going to bring him back into bondage. But look what it says, that the Egyptians chased after them with all of the forces of the Pharaoh's army. All of the forces of Pharaoh's army. Can you believe that? Can you imagine like being the children of Israel and it's like all of a sudden you got all of these tanks and they're coming after you? That's really what a chariot was in, in a modern day tank. And they're chasing after like 600 of them, man. So like you'd be on your horse, right? You'd be, hey, let's go. Let's walk. Let's walk faster, you know, because they're chasing. And so it's all the forces. And so number two in your notes is, is that Satan can't stop victory in your life. Another way you could say this is, is that all of the forces of hell cannot stop you from victory. It can't. Just as all of the forces of Pharaoh were trying to, to overcome the children of Israel, all of the forces of hell might be on your life. You might be thinking, Brian, that, all of the forces of hell are, 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 are pressing upon me. Victory is difficult. But I'm here today to tell you that, that, that the victory belongs to you. And that all of the forces of hell, the Satan, and what it is that he brings against you, it actually has been defeated. Look at what it says here in Isaiah 54, 17. It says that no weapon formed against you can prosper. What does that mean? That means that anything that the enemy has, any force that he has that is brought against you, whether it's financial, whether it's uh, spiritually, whether it's in your marriage, no matter where it's at, it, any weapon that he has that's formed against you, God told you it will not prosper. The question is, is do you believe it? Do you believe that what it is that he said and what it is that he promised is true? 
Do you believe it with all of your heart and say, no, 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 that, that right there is a force from hell. That is a force from the enemy that's trying to be applied to my life to take me out of victory. But, but I know that the word of God says that, that no weapon that's formed against me will prosper. And so you just have to make up your mind. It's like, no, man, I'm making my stand right here, right now, that no weapon formed against me will prosper. Now, you got to say it out loud. you got to get into the habit. In, in your life, when you're driving in your car, when you are in your home and it pops up, something pops up that it's like you recognize that is an attack from the enemy meant to take you from a place of victory into a place of defeat, you have to call it for what it is. You have to say, no, 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 no. In Jesus' name, no weapon formed against me will prosper. Another verse that I love is Colossians 2.15. It says, in this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authority. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. So not only has he, has he that no weapon will, uh, formed against you will prosper, not only that, he disarmed them. He, he made them of no power over you as a believer. Now, if you don't know that, if, you know, you can hear the scripture, but my encouragement to you is to go to the word of God and, and look at these scriptures and begin to write them down and, 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 and just meditate on them and think about them and allow them to become a part of who you are. Because when the attack comes to try to push you from victory into defeat, you, you might be like, hey, wait a minute. Brian said that, but I don't really know what it is. Well, what that means is, is it's not in you. You need to write that verse of scripture down and you need to highlight it. You need to put it on a note on your phone and you need to look at those verses every single day and strengthen yourself so that when the attack comes and when the pressure and the force comes upon your life, you'll be like, nope. I know what the word of God says, and you'll be able to resist it. Another one is uh, Hebrews 12, 14, or I'm sorry, 12, 2, 14 says that through death, he, he might destroy or he destroyed uh, the power of death that is the devil. And so what we need to understand, I, I, I know that there, there's in some people's mind, there's this question in their mind that it's like, okay, well, Brian, that's great that I have victory. That's great that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. That's great that what Jesus did on the cross. But why is it that we are seeing what it is that we see in the earth today? Well, you have to understand, and I don't want to go into great detail, but the, the, that the devil is the God of this world. Right? He, has, he has authority in this earth for a season. But what Jesus did was, is that he, he went and defeated the enemy and he gave us the power, he gave us the authority, he gave us the ability over the enemy to walk and live in this earth over and above all of the principality, all of the powers and all of the mice. And so you have to understand that, you know what, as a believer, because of what Jesus did, I am able to walk in this victory. I am walking with Christ. Christ is leading the way of victory in my life. He sent his son. He defeated the enemy. I'm following the, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords who leads me continually in victory. I don't have to get there. I'm just following him. And, and he's going to help me. He's going to strengthen me. He's going to clear things out of my way. He's going to move things that need to be moved. He's going to protect me. He's going to be my front guard and my rear guard and everything. He's going to protect my life. And that's, that's what he's doing. And that's, that's what you can rest in. That even when a force comes against you, when, when something attacks you, it's like, no, man, I'm, I, am, I am being led in victory with Christ Jesus in my life. 
And yes, this might be a challenge, but man, I know that no weapon that is formed against my life is going to prosper. Yeah, it's, it's coming against me, but I am promised in the word of God that it will not prosper. And you can stand on that and you can know that that is true. Now, there's some things, though, that will absolutely stop victory in our lives. Even though Jesus has done all it is that he needs to do for us to, to walk this life of victory, there are some things that we, we, we can do to stop victory. And we see it firsthand right here in Exodus 14, 10. Verse 10 says that as the Pharaoh approached, the people of Israel looked up and panicked when they saw that the Egyptians were overtaking them. So number one, the number one thing that you and I can do that will take us from this place of being in victory to stepping out of victory is focusing on the problem. Focusing on the problem. Because what did they do? They looked at the, pro- they looked at the issue. They looked at what it was that was coming at them and they, they focused on that. And what, it, what happened was is that they, they stopped thinking and, and stopped reminding themselves of the promise of God. They looked at how big the enemy was. They looked at how strong they were. They looked at how, how all of the things in the natural. And, and we know that the result of focusing on the problem led to fear. And I like what if Isaiah 41.10 says. It says, fear not, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. And I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And so when we come into these moments where we're tempted to lose focus, and maybe we've, we've lost focus and fear has come into our lives, we need to stand upon this word, this word to us that, you know what, I don't, I don't need to fear. He is my strength. He is my help. And what, when we do that, when we begin to remind ourselves of, of that, it, we, we shift our focus back to what it is right. And that is him. That is God who is leading us in victory. Amen. And number two, the number two thing that we can do that will stop victory in our life is found in verse 11. It says, and they said to Moses, why did you bring us out here in the wilderness to die? What is that? That's complaining. So, so we will lose out on victory in our lives when, compl- when we are complaining about the problem. Anybody in here other than myself ever complained? Okay, there's 30% of you that are truthful. The rest of you we'll pray for at the end. No, we've all fallen into that trap before where we start complaining about what it is that's going on, the, the, the job that we have, the boss that we have, you know, the dog that we have. I complain about my dog every single week. Ah, Lee, someday. He'll go to doggy heaven. But anyway, <laughs> complaining about the problem, talking, moaning, groaning, complaining, griping about the problem, the circumstances, the wife, the dog, the, the house, the, the husband, the wife, all of these things that you find complaining about. Guess what? You want victory in your life? You will flat out remove yourself from victory if all you're doing is complaining, griping, moaning about the situation. That's exactly what the children of Israel did. They, they, they got their focus on the problem, and then they started complaining about the problem. And then it leads us to number three, verse 12 says, didn't we tell you that this would happen? Now they're talking to Moses. Didn't we tell you this was happening? Number three is, uh, is blaming others for the problem. And that's exactly what happens. We get our focus off of, off of what is right and what is true. Then we go to complaining. And then a short third is, is that we start finding somebody to blame. This is your fault, Rachel, that we bought this dog so many years ago. <laughs> right? Now he barks at me every time I go in and out of the house. This is your fault. No, it's not her fault. 
We were both, we were both, we both were smitten by this little puppy that was in our hands like this big, right? <laughs> I'm in trouble. All right, moving on. <laughs> Blaming others. See, I'm telling you, I, I just moved myself from victory into defeat. When I get home today, it's not going to be good. Why? Because I'm blaming her about something that's not her fault. Look at what you uh, remember in Genesis 3.12. It says that the, this is where it all started. I'm sorry, Rach. The man said, the woman you gave me, she gave me fruit of this tree and I ate it. Right? So this is a long, long problem that we have been dealing with for long, many, many generations. And maybe you're not blaming your wife about a dog. But maybe you're blaming, you're blaming somebody or something for your life. Why you're not, why you're defeated, why it's not working, why it, 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 it just fails. You're blaming them. My encouragement to you is, is to stop blaming them. Stop complaining and get your focus back on victory that he will lead you in. It may, the problems may not go away right away, but if you, you stop complaining and stop blaming and get your focus on him, he'll lead you in victory. The problem might not go away right away, but it's like, Lord, I'm gonna stop complaining, I'm gonna focus on you, I'm gonna stop blaming other people, I'm gonna look to you, and I'm gonna trust that you're gonna lead me in victory. You're gonna help me, you're gonna give me wisdom, you're gonna guide me, you're gonna give me everything that I need to lead me out of this situation and bring deliverance and victory in my life. And so, um, that leads us to number four. Nope. Leads us to number four. Yeah, in your notes. <laughs> because blaming others, I, wanna, I don't want I don't want to I don't want to miss this because I, I want to skip this because it's important. Blaming others f- for your problems leads to pride. You will be in a position if you if you go down this road, you lose focus, you start complaining about the problem, and then what you do is you blame other people. You are now in pride. And the Bible says what? That God resists the proud. So now you're not only out of victory, right? That's one thing to be on the losing team in pinball, okay? That That is one thing. But if you take it a step further and you're in pride and now you're being resisted, guess what? He's not for you. He's not strengthening you. He's resisting you to ever get back into victory. And so you have to make, and and that's why pride, this issue of pride is so, so important that we are not in pride. That we are saying, Lord, I humble myself before you. I humble my life. I humble myself in marriage. I humble myself each and every day so that you're not in that place of pride because we do not want to be resisted. So number four it leads us to is, is verse 16. And if you read this, I'd encourage you to go home and read this, this chapter because it's just like, as you read it, more and more things come out. And look what it says here in verse 16. It says, this is God speaking to Moses. He says, pick up your staff and raise your hand over the sea. Divide the water so that the Israelites can walk through in the middle of the dry sea. So number four is, is that you have, you have what you need for victory. You have what you need for victory. Isn't that amazing? Like when we think, like when I think about Red Sea, I know this is really, really, this is so unspiritual, but I'm gonna tell you anyway. You know, when I think of Red, the party in the Red Sea, I think of Bruce Almighty. How many of you guys have ever seen that movie, right? Where he's in the, in, he's in the little cafe and he goes like this and, and, the, and the bowl of tomato soup goes like this and he parts the Red Sea. I don't know. I'm sorry, I just, you know, I'm sorry, that's just where I go. 
Here's my point. My point is, is that we think that, that, you know, yes, the power of God parted the Red Sea, but look at what, look at what God said to Moses. He said, you pick up the staff. He said, you raise your hand over the sea. He said, you divide the water. What does that tell? That tells me that Moses had what he needed for the victory. Here they are. They're standing there. They're looking. They're complaining and, and moaning and blaming Moses and saying, we, you know, we should have left. And Moses is standing there, and he's, he's crying too. Like if you read the story, God says, stop your crying. Pick up the staff. Raise your hand over the sea, and you divide it. So he's saying, you do it. And so in our lives, if you're not in a place of victory, you have what you need. You may say, well, I just don't feel like it. No, you do. You have everything you need. If you are a child of God, you have what you need because he said he would lead you in it. And so what you got to do is you just pick it up and you say, Lord, I don't know how to do this, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to pick up what it is that you've given me, which is, my, is what it is that I believe in my heart. I'm going to raise my hand over this sea, which is raising your voice and speaking to that problem or that issue and saying, you know what? I'm, I'm speaking to you, problem. And I know that God backs me. I know that he's going to help me and he's going to uh, part this Red Sea because I have what I need for victory in my life. He's waiting on us. He's waiting on us. He's waiting on us. I think a lot of times when we're in defeat, it's like, Lord, I need victory. I need your help. I need you to bring me into victory. That's how he's, he's waiting on you. He was waiting on Moses. They're standing there. It seemed impossible. And God's saying, pick it up, raise your hand, and you divide the water. And so we need to be doing the same thing. What, was, what has he given you? What he's given you is found, firstly, is his word. 2 Timothy 3.16 says that all scripture is inspired of God and it's useful to teach us in what it is that's true and make us to realize what is wrong in our lives. That's what the word of God is. It helps us to realize what's wrong. It corrects us um, when we're wrong and it teaches us to do what is right. And listen to this, God uses it to prepare us and to equip us to do his good work. So the word of God, what it is that you have in your lap or on your device, that has been given to you by God. It is what you need. And in the case of Moses, it is the staff. It is the hand, but you got to pick it up and you got to begin to allow it to show you what it is that you're doing wrong. And that's exactly what it'll do as you begin to look at it. And as you get, begin to read it, it will show you what it is that you need to do. It will equip you and prepare you because of his promise, his provision and his equipping. Amen. And you know, another thing that he's given us is, is found in Jesus's example in Mark eleven twenty three and 24. You guys remember that? It says in 22, that says that Jesus answered and said unto him, have faith in God. For assuredly I say unto you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast in the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes the things that he says, it'll be done. He'll have whatever he says. And so what you got to remember is, is that prior to this, Jesus earlier in the day had cursed with what? Did he, did he go like that? No. Did he kick some dust on it? No. He's, he, he looked at the fig, fig tree and he cursed it with his words. He said, you're dead. He said, you're dead. And the, and the disciples were like, man, that's weird. And they kept on going and they come back and there's this, this fig tree and it's dead. 
And so Jesus is saying, listen, when you say to this mountain, he wasn't saying, say it unto the Rockies, be thou removed, right? It's not, we're not moving the Rockies. No, we're moving the mountain in our life. We're moving the thing, the problem, the issue, the, 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 the attack of the enemy. We're saying, nope, we're not doing that. And we resist it with what it is that's inside of us. We say in faith. In faith, it's like, I know that no weapon formed against me could prosper. That's faith. When you believe it in your heart, then what happens is it comes out of your mouth and you speak what it is that you believe. Another verse of scripture in the Bible says, I believe and therefore I speak. And so if you're not speaking, you're not using what it is that God has given you to walk in victory. It's your mouth. I heard this story this week and it was just phenomenal because it just really helped me to see some things. It was a story about a man who was... uh, he was a pastor and he was uh, in this church and this woman came and her husband had not been saved for 20 years. She had been, you know, she had been kind of believing God for her husband to be saved and make a decision for Christ. And she came and she's like, I, I just need you to pray that he will be saved. And immediately uh, the Lord spoke to this man. And by that, I mean, he just, he just told, you know, helped him in his heart understand what it was. And he said that this lady is praying her problem. What do I mean by that? She was saying, she was, the way that she was praying was saying, Lord, I just don't understand why my husband won't go to church. Lord, I just, I just, it's been so many years and he won't come to church. Lord, I just don't understand, you know, why he's getting meaner and meaner and meaner. And, and, and it dawned on this guy. He's like, she's praying the problem. And I, and I, listen, when I read it, I read this illustration. I was like, Wow. That is so true. There's many times, not many, you know, there's times in my life where it's like, wow, you know, that prayer is, 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 is it's not really biblically based. I'm praying the problem. And what we need to do is we need to say, Lord, I just thank you that my husband is, is his heart's being melted, that his eyes are being opened and that he is seeing the light. Amen. Actually, I talked to uh, uh, John and per- to Teresa Petty this Wednesday night about that very thing. And she said that she got saved and she began to pray and he, he got saved in a few weeks, maybe a couple months or something like that. You know, and so, so we just have to be very, very careful. My point is, is to be very careful about the words of our mouth because they are so powerful. And that's, that's not really the topic at hand, but it is what he has given us as a tool to walk and be led in victory is our mouth. He's given us what we need, amen? And so you have to, you have to ask yourself, what is in your mouth? Because it kind of goes back to this, the whole complaining thing. You know, that the children of Israel, man, they're just complaining, complaining, and complaining, talking about the problem. We have to stop complaining, stop talking about the problem. Another thing that we've been given is in uh, Ephesians 6, and you guys know this, that the, the, um, the spiritual armor that has been given to us. Now, we're still talking about victory, and I'm still talking about the things that you've been given to walk in victory. And that is, is uh, Ephesians 6, uh, 12. We're not going to look at it, but he said to be strong in his might. He said to be victorious in his strength. He said to take up. You and I have to take up, just like Moses picked up the rod, we have to take up the armor of God. And it says that you will be able to withstand not, not, I will withstand for you. He didn't say that. He said, you take up the armor of God and you, you will be able to withstand in the evil day. Wrestling against the rulers of darkness. You know, wrestling is a, it's a struggle. 
right? It's, it's a conflict. You know, there's gonna be times in life where it, it's gonna be a struggle. There's gonna be, there's gonna be conflict. But I, I'm here today to tell you that if you, if you know what you have, you know in the word, I've got my word, I've got his word, I've got his word in my mouth, I've got, I've got the armor of God. I can, I can stand against the, the evil attacks. I can, I can stand against it. When I think about this wrestling thing, I, I, it's, it's so sad. Because when I was a, a teenager, me and my brother, I would whoop the fire out of him for years. Just, just beat him. Just beat the tar out of him, right? It was so fun. I'm just gonna bask in that because the story doesn't end well. And, but there, there came a day where my brother realized and he learned some stuff. He learned, he learned what we're talking about here, that there, he was equipped. He went to wrestling practice and he got equipped and they taught him and they showed him what to do in these moments. And, and so he had these tools, right? He had the word of God. And I'm not saying it, I'm, 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 you get them, I'm come bringing these together. So he had what he needed. And I mean to tell you, there came this day where we, we locked up and we're getting ready to go. And, you know, I'm like, it's going to be so easy. And the next thing I know, I am in some kind of a shape that is probably some form of a yoga shape. I don't really know. But it hurt. I mean, and it was that day that I was humbled. I was humbled because I knew that never again could I take him unless I got him by the element of surprise and knocked him out. No. My point is, is that he was, getting the, he was just getting the fire beat out of him for years. And I think that that's what believers do. They're getting the fire beat out of them. Because why? They're not going. They don't know what the word says. They haven't been equipped. They haven't allowed the word of God to show them what it is, the, 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 the promises. Because if you went to the word and if you began to look at the word, you'd be like, wait a minute. Man, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Man, wait a minute. All, all authority and power has been given unto me. Wait a minute. He defeated and made a show of openly, triumphing over them in it. What does that mean for me? That means I don't have to live in defeat. And when you understand it, when you know it, you're just like Greg. And you're just like, you know what? I'm going to fix this, right? Because why? You, you've been equipped and you know exactly what it is that you need to do. You know what to say. You know where the verses of scripture are. You, and it's inside of you. And so it just comes out and you walk. And, and, and when the devil's trying to move you to defeat, you're like, nope, I'm staying in victory. Amen? So use what it is that God's given you. You have what it is that you need to walk in victory. And so your actions of faith enable God to move in your life. And that leads us to this fifth point, and it's found in Exodus 14, verse 21 and 22. It says that Moses raised his hand over the sea, just as God told him to, and opened up a path through the water with a strong wind and the wind that blew all that night, turning the seabed dry. In verse 22, and this is what I want you to get. So the people of Israel walked through the middle of the sea on dry ground. So... The point is that others are depending on you to live in victory. Others are depending on you to walk in victory. He, because of his obedience, because he did what God told him to do, God said, pick up the staff, you pick up the staff, you put it over the, the waters, you divide the waters, what happened? The people of Israel, the Israelite people, they walked through 
They were over here focusing on the problem. They were complaining. They were blaming. They were getting ready to throw rocks. But, but not, not Moses. Moses is like, no, I'm going to do what it is that I need to do because others are depending on me to walk in victory. And the same thing is true for you and I, guys, as believers. Others, other people in your life are depending on you to walk in victory. Your spouse is, is depending on you to walk in victory. You know, if you, it, it's your responsibility. They, they can't make you you know, pick up the word of God and know and be equipped and do what it is that needs to be done. You got to do that for yourself. And if you don't, you're going to be ornery. You're going to be unlovely. You're going to be hard to live with. But when you say, no, you know what? This is my responsibility. Other people are depending on me to live and walk in victory. And so I'm going to do what, first things first, I'm going to get up. I'm going to look at the word of God. I'm going to allow him to change the things and show me what it is that's wrong with me because I know I'm weird. And I'm, I'm just, Lord, I thank you that you're going to help me. And as you do that, he'll show you what you're weird in. He'll help you. He'll, he'll, he'll strengthen you in the areas that you're weak. He'll, he'll make you walk in victory. And as a result, man, your wife will be, and your husband will be like, man, you are fun to live with. I like living with you. Because why? Because you're walking in victory. As dads and as moms, our kids are depending on us to walk in victory. When, they, when you know, they're young, they don't know it all. They're, they're still growing. They need discipline. They need direction. They need guidance. They need you to walk in victory. They need you to stand up when you see sickness and disease. And when you see problems in their life, they need you to walk in victory and say, no, in the name of Jesus, my son or daughter, you are healthy and whole in the name of Jesus. And you don't just say it once. You continue to stand in victory. You continue to stand and speak in what it is that you know to be true until that thing is gone. Your kids are depending on it. Your spouse is depending on it. The people that are sitting to your left and to your right, you may not even know them. They are depending on you to walk in victory. Why? Because we've talked about this, that, that when one is weak, we are all are weak. And as a body and as a family, I mean, you could take that, the nuclear family that I just got done talking about, husband and a wife and your kids. Well, when, you're, when you guys walk in victory personally, when you walk in victory as a couple, when you walk in victory as a family, what happens? Your family is better. Your family is blessed. Your family is that, that fragrance of victory to those that are around you, those that you walk and live and, and go to school with and you're, you, you brush shoulders with. You're an example of his victory in your life. And you're called to that. But it's so much bigger than just your family and just your life. Because it takes it to the next level and that is our church body. Walking in victory. When we, can you imagine where we could go and what we could do if we were a, a family filled with victorious families who were walking in victory? Man, we are, we are determined. We serve. We serve with all our might. We, 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 we worship with all our might and the presence of God comes in this place. We honor God with all of our might. We honor him with all of our substance and everything that's within us. Why? Because we believe it. We believe that what it is that he's doing in our lives is bringing victory and we're following, in it, following him in it and we're honoring him all of the way. Amen. And when we do that, 
We're stronger, we're stronger, we're stronger, we're stronger. And then when people come into this place, they cannot help but give their heart to Christ and repent and come back to him. You know, we've, been, we've heard all these things about these, the Asbury revival. Listen, those are people that are hungry for the things of God. They are following him in victory. They're setting aside all the crap. They're saying, I want more of God. And, and everybody around the world and all the Christians are like, oh, look at that, I, I want that. Listen, you're, you're gonna want it a long time. I'll tell you when you'll have it. You'll have it when you, you determine in your own life, this is what we're gonna do. We're going to the church, we're going to the house of God. We're gonna worship, we're gonna give him all of our glory, all, not, not half-hearted. Not, oh yes, thank you Jesus, we're two songs in and we're done, no. You, you will never see, if, if that is your attitude, if that is your heart, if that is, if, if that's, if our church is filled with people like that, we'll never see that. But man, if we're walking in victory, it is burning inside of us that man, I am looking for an opportunity. I am looking for someone that needs victory in their life. And I'm gonna say, come on in. I'm gonna lead you in what it is that I am, I am being led in and that is victory in my life. We're not living that way. Man, we're gonna honor God in our home. We're gonna honor him with our mouth. We're gonna honor him with our whole life. And when we do that, we will be walking in victory because others are depending on us to walk in victory, amen? And so my encouragement to you is make a choice. Man, if, you're, if you've been kind of like on the road, uh, side of the road, just kind of kicked in neutral, like, yeah, man, it's a great day. You got to get back on it just as Paul did, man. I'm pressing. I'm pressing. I'm pressing to know him. I'm pressing to, for him to show me great and mighty things. I'm pressing for him to use me. I'm, pre- I'm looking for the person. I'm looking for the person in my workplace. I'm looking for the person in the, in the coffee shop. I'm looking for the person at the, at, you know, wherever it is that you go. You're looking for the person that needs help. And you're saying, you know what? I have victory to offer you. And it is found in Jesus. And man, you step out with boldness, you know, Lord, I, and you just commit. You say, Lord, I'm, help me. I don't know everything to say. And man, he will flat out help you. He'll give you the words to say. If you, you take that first step of faith, man, he will flat out fill your mouth and help you and bring other people into victory. And that's what we gotta do. In these weeks and months, that's what we're praying. Every single week, we're praying that, that there's unity in this church. We're praying, Father, that, the, that there's spiritual growth and spiritual hunger in you, in your own life. And we're praying, finally, that, that, that we are being expanded. Those are three things that we're praying for right now. And we encourage you to pray with us. That's what we're believing God for. But it takes us. It takes us individually doing what it is that we know, know to do and walk in victory. Amen. So let's bow our heads, close our eyes, and just commit this to the Lord. Father, we just come before you today. We are so thankful for the victory that has been promised to us, the victory that you want to lead us in. Today, Father God, we as believers, we recommit, Father, our lives to walking in the victory that you paid for, that you sent sent your son to die for. And so today, we're just thankful, Father, that as we walk from this place, that, that it will stir 
It will stir us on to do things. I know, Father, that the Holy Spirit is speaking to lives and speaking to hearts, Father. And and he's challenging them, Father God, to move up in their walk, move up in the way that they live, move up in their love walk, move up in their giving, move up in victory and follow you in that victory. Father, I thank you that you're strengthening them, Father, with might by your spirit to walk this way, to talk this way, to live this way, to help others, Father. Father, there is, there is a harvest that is white, Father God. And Lord, we want to reap that in. We want to be your servants that are reaching out to this area. And Father, we pray that you would just expand, expand us, Father. And we will be faithful. We commit to being faithful in this house, faithful in our own homes, faithful in our own life, faithful in our private life, Father. Oh, Father, we just worship you today with our life and what it is that you want to do because you want to do great and mighty things. Things that are greater than what we think. So much greater, Father. We will not be people that are, that are lacking in faith, but Father, that are people that are pressing, Father, for more of what you want in this area and in this region and in this house and in our homes and in our communities, Father. Thank you for helping us to be people of victory, believers of victory. God, if there's people in here today that that they feel defeated, I pray for them. I pray, Lord, that you'd strengthen them with might by your spirit in a supernatural way, that you would begin to come off the sidelines and give them hope and restore hope and restore strength to them, Father, in their marriage, in their homes, in their businesses. Father, no matter where they are, 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 are having defeat, Father, I pray that you will restore hope in them today. And I thank you, Father, for it. And with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're that person and you have, you're far from God, man, you, you, you're so far away from him, you don't know where he is and you need to get back with him. You've given your heart to, the, to Christ, but you, you're far from him. If you're that person, raise your hand because today's the day you need to get back right with him. If you're in the house today and that's you, just lift up your hand real quick and then put it back down. That's all you gotta do. Anybody in here? Anybody at all? Okay, anybody in here that maybe you haven't given your heart to Christ, are you that person? Amen, 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 amen. Okay, Father, we just thank you. Father, we thank you for our lives. We thank you, Father God, for this church. Thank you, Father, for what it is that you wanna do. We thank you for the deposit that you have made in us today. We take it very seriously. And Father God, as we go from this place, we endeavor to walk in victory, in the victory that you are leading us in. And I thank you, Father, for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, listen, we're gonna sing one last song. And just as we've said before, if you have a prayer request and you need somebody to agree with you, you can come right down through here or go around the back, whatever you feel comfortable doing. Our prayer team will be down here. Join them. They'll join you in prayer. They'll they'll encourage you. They'll help you. They want to pray with you. That's what they're there for. So we're going to sing one last song. I encourage you, man, bring it. Bring some energy. Bring some, bring some, my dad used to say this. I can't even, I I can't say that word. Spizzerinkum. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Energy, okay? Let's do it. Let's stand up. Let's sing. Let's worship God, amen? He's, He's a good God, isn't he? Is he good in your life? Is he good in your home? Is he good in your marriage? Come on, let's sing to him and let's honor him as we close.